This is Everything Homes special segment. Messages that matter from people you need to know about. Heroes, do-gooders, and purpose-driven patriots. Offering tips, solutions, inspiration, and entertainment. They truly are good people, doing good business and good things. Here's your host, Michelle Swinnick, the queen of quality content. Enjoy the show. It's time for Michelle's Patriotic Soapbox, but first... Did you know 63% of consumers prefer to buy from purpose-driven brands and businesses that reflect their own values, beliefs, and support charitable causes? Promos for a Purpose provides business owners with ways to support worthy causes and promote their brands at the same time with its comprehensive done-for-you marketing and media program. Visit www.promosforapurpose.com for more information. Promos for a Purpose helps you stand out from your competition and stay top of mind by promoting your purpose made easy. It's our everything done for you purpose-driven business partnership and marketing experience which provides small business owners, entrepreneurs, service providers, and corporations with ways to support charitable causes and promote their brands at the same time. Promos for a Purpose gives your brand something to believe in and makes it easier than ever to join this new purpose-driven model and movement which is transforming how businesses operate operate, market, and serve customers, clients, and the community. Just click the Promos for a Purpose tab on our website, everythinghomeresourceplatform.com, to get all the information. We'd love for you to become a part of our community as a purpose-driven business so we can help you grow and share why you are the best at what you do. It's time your story is heard. Now let's get this soapbox started. Joining me today, Riding Shotgun, is a very special guest. Dr. Pam Popper, she's the co-author of the new explosive book, COVID Operation, What Happened, Why It Happened, and What's Next. And she's also the founder of Make Americans Free Again. You can find their information on our must-follow page because they are people that you needed to get involved with. She's also the founder of Wellness Forum Health Audience. Big round of applause for <laughs> Dr. Pam Popper. <laughs> They love you, Hi Dr. There. Pam Popper. Hi, how are you? <laughs> oh, thank you. I'm great. How are you? <laughs> I'm awesome, and I'm so excited to talk to you. I've had you on my radar for quite some time, and I just said, you know what? This woman knows what she is talking about. She is smart, and she also took action to create an entire movement <laughs> where it has more than just people getting together to support businesses. You're talking about legislation. You're talking about what, real attorneys. I mean, it's like yeah. lawsuits, but then you've got the facts. And now, I mean, you hit it from every standpoint, but I think, I honestly think you were the first one to really put something together. You were the pioneer. And then, of course, you said, you know what? I don't like to do things kind of, oh, I don't know, half arsed. So I'm going to go full gusto on this. And I'm going to put every category in there. Well, we filed another lawsuit uh, yesterday, and um, most people don't know about this yet, and it's unbelievable. Would you like to hear about it? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Okay, great. So 
Um, everybody is very concerned about these vaccines, and um, particularly, I mean, they're concerning for people of all ages, but I think that as the age range goes down, you know, they're talking about kids getting these vaccines now, and Mr. Fauci's very excited. Someday, soon, we're going to be able to give them to infants, which just makes me, it, it makes me furious, you know. So yesterday, we filed a lawsuit Against, I'll tell you who the um, defendants are, the Department of Health and Human Services, the Food and Drug Administration, the Centers for Disease Control, the National Institutes of Health, um, the DHHS Secretary, the DHHS Assistant Secretary for Preparedness Response, and the DHHS Vaccines and Related Biological Products Advisory Committee. Just those, all right? What we asked for was a temporary restraining order against any existing or further authorization for the use of these vaccines in children under the age of 16 prior to the resolution of issues at our lawsuit, which will be of our lawsuit, which will be filed uh, very shortly. And um, with the, some of the claims that we make include that the emergency use authorization should never have been granted and should be revoked immediately, that the injections are dangerous biological agents that can cause more harm than COVID-19, that numerous laws have been broken in the getting of the, the granting of the EUAs and the qualifications haven't been met. We accuse Mr. Fauci of committing perjury in front of Congress. We accuse the media of colluding with the government to keep the truth away from the people. I could go on, but you get the idea. 80 pages of this beautiful, beautiful information accompanied by a lovely document that explains all of the drug money that flows to all of the people involved in making the decisions in government about vaccines. So that was yesterday morning, and we've got more planned, but that's just the latest, and I'm very excited. Very tired right now, but very excited. Now, for something like this, is it, is it going to take years, or is it at least by filing it, it the convert, you're, you're going to start seeing more media attention, you're going to start people talking about it, um, you know, is there going to be something done, or it can be done quickly so that they can implement their evil agenda to start jabbing these kids with an experimental non-vaccine? Well, they're jabbing the kids now, but um, with a temporary restraining order, generally you get a hearing pretty soon. And a couple of things people ask me about related to some of the questions you're asking, and I'll answer those too. People say, well, why didn't you just go for the whole thing? How about the emergency use authorization for all humans? And that's a better idea, actually, but when you, it's hard to get temporary restraining orders. And so one of the ways to increase the odds that it might rule in your, that a judge might rule in your favor is to narrow the focus. And um, because, and we had a very um, good argument uh, in the complaint, the death rate statistically is 0% for uh, children under the age of 16, which means that they have absolutely no risk from COVID-19, which means that there are any risk, any risk that, that is being taken to give the kids these uh, vaccines, if you want to call them that, is simply uh, unjustifiable. So for those reasons, we went for a narrow um, uh, age range. Um, what happens when you do something like this is the mainstream media at this moment is ignoring it, but we can talk about I think that they're on 
the verge of having to pay attention to stories like this because they're dying. I mean, CNN's audience is off by half. MSNBC, they're not going to be able to stay in business at their current viewership. So the best way to juice it up is sensational stories, and we're starting to be the sensational story. So we'll see what happens. But the alternative media, um, the, the the real news that people listen to, like mm-hmm. this show, right? And there are a lot of people who listen to the alternative news. Um, they're, they've picked up on it. I know our attorney, our chief attorney, Tom Renz, is doing interviews all day today and over the weekend. And, um, and so you get this information out in the court of public opinion, you know, when people read this complaint online and that sort of thing. So how long it'll take for lawsuits to work their way through the courts, I, I tell people all the time, filing lawsuits is like watching paint dry, you know, but the courts are the last functioning branch of our government. I mean, God knows the governors have gone to the dark side and the legislatures are largely largely useless. So the courts are the place to go, and part of our strategy is just to file so many lawsuits, and all of them really go at the same thing, um, coming from different angles. And you only need really one good judge out there to to rule in your favor on something, you know, and you're on your way. I mean, I don't need to depose Fauci 50 times. One time would just be fine, you know. So um, so anyway, we're pretty proud of what we've done so far, and this is a fabulous piece of work. I mean, I sat down finally to just read the whole document in its entirety, and it just made me smile because. All of the bad actors are in there. We even mentioned the Gates Foundation and, uh, okay. and some of the actors like that. So it's going to be interesting for sure. We will definitely be in court soon on this because we asked for a TRO. Which is great. So the people that are that are wanting to see something immediate, you know, of course, uh, you know, Americans, <laughs> it's amazing. As I mentioned earlier on the show, we're on day 400 and – what did I say the day was? 431 of 15 days to slow the spread, but yet our attention span where we want instant gratification is like eight to nine seconds and we want everything happening now. And, and you know, Amazon's got to show up here in the same day, but we still seem it's okay to be 431 days uh, into well, having our country shut but, down. So it's almost like, oh, you guys, come on. We need those common sense caps on. And, uh, well, <laughs> you the know, problem, the- The problem with that, and this is something that people need to understand, is that this didn't start 400 and some days ago. This started 100 years ago, and it goes back to the way in which medicine developed in the United States. And um, and this is kind of an interesting story. It just takes a couple minutes to give you the summary of it. But, uh, I mean, I have five hours of lecture on it, but here's the one-paragraph summary. At the turn of the 20th century, medical doctors in this country made less money than the average postal worker. They had no respect from Americans at all. And we had a very thriving natural medicine community that was really effective in the United States. And so how doctors got control of medicine was not because they were better in a free market economy. It's because they used money and politics to gain control. We're the only country in the world in which they crowded out everything else that wasn't them. But also how they did it was with government. And so the partnership between medicine and government goes back a long time, and it's been escalating, and medical tyranny has been escalating for decades. And so I understand people being impatient and wanting this problem to be solved, and nobody wants it over more than me. I haven't slept in a bed all night for a year, over a year, and uh, this is costing a fortune, so I want it over too. But we're trying to turn something around. We're trying to turn around a Titanic-sized ship in the middle of the ocean that's been going the wrong direction for a very long time. I'm confident we're going to be able to do it. 
But what we have to overcome is decades of passivity on behalf of Americans who watch this all unfold, many of them kind of complaining about it along the way, the vaccine mandates being a good example, but never really jumping in and saying, what do we have to do to make this stop? Well, now we have to make this stop, you know, and we're working as fast as we can. And the more people we get on board, the faster we can make it all go away. Well, there you go. <laughs> so there's your answer, everybody. There's your answer. And uh, just be thankful that there are people out there like Dr. Pam Popper taking this initiative and, and sacrificing her own uh, sanity in order to do this, to turn the Titanic, because, um, you know, it's gotten to the point now uh, where we're dealing with something extremely dangerous, which is this non-vaccine, this experimental. And the fact that I, I just... Um, and you, well, you can comment on this. You, you know, you're talking to many, many people, right? You have many people as part of your your organizations. Are the parents saying, "Hey, I, I'm going to give my kid this experimental non-vaccine," or they're just confused? I mean, I'm not I'm not getting that. You know, because well, this, this the problem story is the issues is just ridiculous. Well, well, again, the problem isn't this. It's it is this, but it goes back further. Parents have been delivering their children to pediatricians to have 50-some inoculations before they go to first grade for a very long time. And they don't read the ingredients and they don't investigate anything. They do what doctors tell them to do. Now, part of the problem is that the medical profession has managed to, mainly through public relations, convince people that they're so smart and educated and this is so complicated that uh, you have to follow directions because everyday people can't understand this. But that's ridiculous. No realtor stands in the driveway of a house and says, you're too stupid to buy a house. You don't know anything about real estate and property values and building houses and that sort of thing, so I'm going to tell you where to live. And nobody says to you at the car dealership, you know, anybody who doesn't know how to build a car can't buy one, so I'll tell you what to drive. We don't tolerate that kind of condescending nonsense from anybody. But we've tolerated it from the medical profession, and we have – this isn't a new situation, by the way. I tell people, you know, I've been doing this for 26 years. And so pre-COVID, here's a typical thing that would happen in my world. I'd post a video making a factual statement such as the risk that a woman will be harmed – by getting mammograms is three to ten times higher than the chance that she will benefit. True story, I can prove it with two, three hundred studies, okay? Then I would write an article with maybe 50 studies, post it, and, and that would be it. All right, so here's what would happen. I get a lot of fan mail from people that say, thank God you're bringing attention to this. I've looked into this myself, and or I was harmed by myself, whatever. Then you get people screaming all capital letters, my sister's life was saved by a mammogram. Well, maybe she didn't even have cancer, but we won't go there, right? And then I'd get a letter <laughs> and angry emails from an oncologist who would say, you don't treat breast cancer patients, you have no right to say anything about this, as if there's some special statistics course for oncologists that's different from the statistics courses the rest of us took to learn how to read medical studies, right? Well, actually, there is. It's one where you ignore the medical literature. That's what they teach you to do. But anyway, <laughs> my point is that this whole thing of, of, of camps of people where a significant percentage of the population would do anything a doctor tells them to do, including carrying that forward to their children, including harm, harm themselves and their children. And and one great example is the number of parents who keep taking their children to pediatricians, watching their kids get sicker every year. 
and don't even think about it. You know, it's just normal now for kids to be sick all the time. They've, the pediatricians and the medical profession have normalized childhood illness from birth to age 18. And so nobody, I mean, not nobody, but most people don't stop to think, what the heck am I doing taking my child to a doctor twice a year while she or he gets sicker all the time, right? So, so that's what we have here. If people are befuddled by the idea that somebody would deliver their child to get a vaccine for which they have no risk of the underlying disease and which, carry, which is killing 40 people a day in the United States, why would they do that? Well, because of decades and decades of what I just talked about. It's almost like uh, it's indoctrination, and it, it, is, it goes back to the science of propaganda, which started in the 1920s uh, from the uh, Sigmund Freud. And, of course, once it got into the government, it got into the CIA, and the next thing you know, it's into the corporations, and boom, this is where then the medical throws in. And it seems like that's the pattern, as you described that right. story of when that, you know, that process, that messaging all these, uh, I call them the 13 bigs, they all come together and, and, and is, is there to craft a, an agenda um, against, right. you know, we the, it's against we the people and against the common sense. And, um, you know, you had mentioned some of that information when I saw you at the Truth Over Fear Summit, the COVID-19 and the Great Reset, um, you know, talking about your book and, and uh, really the, the, like I said, the brainwashing of people. Um, and Dr. Larry Polevsky was on on Wednesday, and um, he's all about critically thinking. And he was talking about false authorities where people have put so much confidence and in, 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 uh, faith into these entities, these people. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's dangerous. It's dangerous. But, but then they have people like you where that's why I wish they would have more faith and confidence in those type of messages. But I think people are starting to come around. It's just. Like you said, it's years and years taking these kids to um, to these doctors, and like you said, they're getting sicker. They're getting sicker, and that's that's fact. Yeah. Anyone that's listening, this she's not just making uh, making allegations to support any you know the conversation. And I learned about that on during that Truth Over Fear summit, especially about the the real vaccines and the increase in how much children. Uh, have chronic disease over the years. It's now like 54% of them have chronic disease. Mm-hmm. And this is uh, scary. It's and it, But the parents still keep, you know, giving them the other vaccinations, which they know that there's problems with. And all the doctors, and I want to give you all, you've all come together, which is awesome. I mean, Dr. Northrup and Dr. Merritt and Sherry Tenpenny. I mean, all of you have created, you know, like this awesome club of truth bombers that are just out there freedom fighting for Americans. So you're just doing amazing, amazing work delivering the truth. Thank you. Thanks. We're doing our best. And, and we're we're doing our best to be strategic about this. I mean, one of, one of the things that uh, I feel like I'm uh, the disciplinarian <laughs> of the movement because I'm, you know, I come from a business background before I was in healthcare, and I've I've built large organizations in business, and I built a large healthcare company, and and so one of the things that I've been working on with Make Americans Free Again is putting together strategies and methods of going about addressing this. That, um, uh, that let's settle down and let's be real strategic about this. Let's let's not be so quick to act, but when we act, let's make sure that we're doing something that really has a chance of succeeding. Less less action, but more effective action, if that makes sense. And then getting people engaged in things where we can feel like we win at it. I feel like one of the things that 
made people so sideways, particularly throughout last year, was everybody was angry. Boy, I was too. I don't blame people for being angry. And then you start this, we got to do something. we got to do something right now. Mm-hmm. You know, so let's get a bunch of people together and we'll sign a declaration. And then we'll get a bunch of people together and we'll just file a lawsuit. And just sort of, you know, that, that uh, throw things against the wall, hoping something will stick. And, and it's not a real good strategy for fighting with an organized um, plan like this is. And so we've gone about this a little bit differently and said, look, we're going to we're going to really think things through. I think we have one of the best attorneys, uh, the best legal mind I've ever met is Tom Renz and and he's just a very methodical thinker and um you know he takes a lot of time to think about strategy what are we really trying to do here uh where are the vulnerabilities and and uh, by the time he produces a document with his team of lawyers it's really it's really a, a great lawsuit that um uh that that's winnable and that gets to the heart of the matter and that sort of thing and then on the organizing the ground game which is a part of it that I spend a lot of time on same thing. Let's get people together. Let's get them doing things like saving our local businesses and and that sort of thing that actually we can win doing instead of let's write to our legislators why. Like that's going to make a difference. <laughs> I mean, when people say let's write to our legislators, I think, I don't know, I think I'm going to lay down and read a magazine before I'm going to spend time <laughs> right. on that because well, and you like know at the wall. It's not, yeah, it's not it's not that I'm not into activism. I mean, I spend all my day on all my day, daytime on activism, but but um, the legislatures have proven to be really disconnected from acting on behalf of the people, as have been the mayors and the county commissioners. And I mean, we've just seen how disconnected these people are and how much they do not perceive that they're working for the people. And one of the most egregious examples of this, I watched that Senate hearing that happened a few years ago in California. And uh, it was the the bill that uh, mandated vaccines for kids to go to school in California. And uh, on this particular, at this particular hearing, 53 people stepped up to the microphone to say that they were in favor of this bill, and over 1,490 people stepped up one at a time and said that they were against it. And at the end of the day, they voted for it anyway. And it was just an, a remarkable demonstration of the fact that they absolutely. And I, there, there are notorious exceptions, but I'm talking about as a body, as a body of people. They don't care about you or me or our businesses or our children or our schools or our communities or our health. They care about one thing, and that's being there, right? And so when I was starting all this last year, I thought, if that's all they care about, then that's going to be our leverage. And um, I'm looking forward to the day when our database is so full of names, 80 million is my target, that we can sort those names by district and particularly in an election year, sit down with them and say, listen, you won your election by 2,000 votes. I have boxes with 19,000 registered voters out here in the hallway. If you don't do what I say, we're taking you out. Because that's what they, that's what the, means something to them. That's what they understand, you know. And I never thought it would come to the day. That's all they care about. And I'm the I'm a person who spent an enormous amount of time with legislators trying to educate them and bring in scientific articles and all that kind of I'm done with all that nonsense. They just don't care about that. What they care about is being there. And particularly our state legislators, I've been watching this for a while and it's not just Ohio, it's everywhere. What what the legislature has become as a landing place for people to prepare for something better. 
like you can run for attorney general or governor or mm-hmm. Congress or whatever, or you get appointed. Like in Ohio, we have all these boards you can get appointed to, like the Liquor Control Board, and you get to go to three meetings a year and stay at the Hyatt and get paid eighty thousand dollars. Now here's Ooh. the deal: you want to know how you qualify for that? You don't yeah, make wanna, anybody I wanna, angry. I want to sign up. You, you, <laughs> yeah, you don't make anybody angry. And and the best way to make no, nobody angry is to do nothing, right? You just sit there, and then and then you're bound to get plum plum assignment later. Now again, there are exceptions to the rule. In our legislature, we have a handful of people who care, but it isn't enough people to get anything done. And um, and the dis- complete disconnect. I mean, the the governors of the states who did this, who have become emperors and empresses. I'm the person who started calling them that. They have just demonstrated day after day at their press conferences while they put on this charade that you and I and other people who are smart and read know is nothing but an acting job and know that they're harming people and they don't care. They just don't care. So we'll, and we'll take them out. You're, you're much more eloquent in your description of them. I uh, I have words that get beeped. <laughs> right, sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, but well, then... So, but you know, you you, uh, you you're you're a doctor. You have to have uh, you use more colorful words that uh, get the same <laughs> well, point we across. All have colorful, we all yeah. we all have some colorful words we'd like to use, and I try to refrain from using them. But but their behavior is so egregious, it kind of speaks for itself. You don't really need much in the way of descriptors <laughs> in addition to just watching yeah, their just, press conferences. You know. Yeah, play the videotape. Play the videotape. You can see it right there. Like in Arizona, it's a perfect. You're, what you're describing to everybody is uh, it happens all over the time, all over the place, in every in every single layer. It's just that over the past year, year and a half, we've actually kind of seen more of it in our face because we're finally paying attention and going. This has been going on for a while. I just didn't know because I was busy with life and things like that. I had no idea. Like I didn't know how corrupt. I'm in I'm in Mayor Corruption County, Arizona, like the hot spot, right? And I had no idea the corruption here was that bad. I knew it was an old boys mm-hmm. network because, you know, we had uh, McCain and Symington. You know, those guys actually went to jail. McCain didn't. He got out of going. But the rest of the clan went. So we have an old school uh, type of corruption in, in old boys network. But I had no idea mm-hmm. how bad it was currently until all of this, you know, after the 3rd of November started happening. And well, now know, I'm becoming – it's crazy. That's the benefit, and and I think that um, you know I, I wrote a couple of things I'll share with you. I wrote in my book um, a chapter called "The Perfect Storm," the things that had to come together for this debacle to happen. And then um, I also wrote in my book, and I've talked about this on my videos, um, I went through a phase last year, and I think most people did, where I I was kind of pining for my February life. I remember February before this all started, and (laughs) we were all doing things like buying tickets to the symphony and planning for the arts festival and all that kind of stuff. And then I realized, I had this epiphany one day, that I didn't want to go back to my February life. And the reason is that February was a was a time when this could happen, right? And what mm-hmm. we have to do is we have to fix this and we have to make sure it can never happen again. And um and how that how that will take place in my opinion, there are a lot of things we have to do, lawsuits, we have to bring these people to justice and we have to um rebuild our schools and our communities and all that kind of stuff, but but we we have to rebuild many of our institutions differently. And I think sometimes it's easier to blow it up and start from scratch than it is to fix it. I mean, I'm I'm 64 years old, and as long as I can remember being aware of this kind of stuff, I've heard about education.
education reform. Have you seen any real education reform? I haven't. I've heard about medical, uh, fixing the medical system. It gets more expensive every year. It gets worse every year. I've heard Mm -hmm. about, you know, the corruption in government. It gets worse, not better. Well, maybe it just had to get this bad for a lot of people to say, I'm going to do something about it. And I have to say that, um, you know, I get a pretty good feel for the personality of people if they write me emails beyond just sign me up for something, if they give me a little bit more information. And I'm sensing in our, you know, the people responding to us that we're getting an awful lot of people who've never been real active in anything. But they're saying, you know what, I never did anything like this before, but if you want me to start a Thursday group, I'll start a Thursday group. you want me to sign up for something, I'll sign up for something. It's time for me to get involved. And I think that that's a very important message to get across to people who are listening to this, is that we've always thought, and I've felt prey to this too, that um, you sign up, you put your name and your email address into a database, and you send $25 or 100 or or $1,000, whatever it is, and boy, that's getting involved, right? No, it's actually not, right? Um, in, in that model... A lot of people sign up, and then a handful of people are supposed to go fix this and report back about the great job they did. Well, they never fixed mm-hmm. it, did they? So no, what we have made to it work. Do now, and I, well, yeah, I, what we have to do now, I tell, I tell this every Thursday at noon, I do a conference call to help people understand what's going on and how to get involved and help us to help them to free ourselves, right? And I say, listen, this, this is one of these deals where I'm working and I'm asking you to work too. We all are equals here. And 12 people in Ohio can't fix this for you, so you're going to have to roll up your sleeves and go to work. And and this will be different because of the fact that you're willing to do that. You wouldn't be on this call if you didn't know that we had to do something different. And so I'm sensing that, that feeling of different kind of engagement than we have had in the past. And we're going to, we're going to have to continue to talk about that and to demand that engagement if we want things to be better. But at least it's starting. It's starting more so than, yeah. uh, and it's growing, and it's happening in these different yeah. states. People are going to the Board of Education meetings. I mean, you've probably heard about the uh, <laughs> the one we had here the other day. It <laughs> got a little hairy. Well, it's because the, uh, you know, they didn't want to wear their mask, and the, and the board just couldn't handle that. It was here in Scottsdale, and, of course, Dale, Arizona, they took over the board, kicked them out because they all walked that's out and exactly. then they elected themselves. That's what yep, that's exactly what has to happen. That's exactly right. To. We got to say they need to that is showing them you're not in charge. We are in charge. And we can we elected you, we can unelect you. And we can we can decide that and I'm I'm going to organize um one of the things I'm planning to, to work on this summer is that uh, and again we have to cripple institutions that don't serve us, right? We have to cripple them and make them do what we say. And I think we need to have in every school system a group of parents that is big enough that on a single day, they're organized, and on a single day if the school system does anything that they don't like, they send a certified letter in unison, every every single family, saying, my child will not be in school tomorrow and will not be coming back until you fix fill-in-the-blank. It, it can be some type of curriculum issue. It can be masks. It can be standing on circles or eating lunch facing the wall, whatever the heck it is. That's what we have to do, right? And and if you cripple, how you cripple the school system is withdraw enough kids that they financially can't afford to stay open. And you know, this nonsense would stop in an afternoon. And that's that's what we have to do. That's the the, the biggest problem we've had is that last year in Ohio, 
if we had had the right numbers in a database, if I had had the foresight to know that this was coming, which how could anybody know except for the people who planned it, but if I had known that and I, and I had gathered all these names, I would have been able to force, we were the model state, okay, Ohio, I don't know if you know that, Ohio was the model state for this whole thing. So if really? I had, had the numbers, I, yes, we were, and the reason why, I'll tell you why that was, we were the first to shut down, we were the first to close schools, we were the first to close bars and restaurants, the first to do everything. And the reason was they needed a governor in a conservative state who was at the time very popular, who would be good on all of the networks. Okay, so you can't put Gavin Newsom on. He wouldn't agree to be on Fox News, right? right. And, of course, some of the, the, the those people just are not very good spokespeople even on other networks. So they needed a spokesperson who um, who would who would be good for all networks, and DeWine fit the bill, our governor. All right. So hmm. so anyway, um, if if we had had the numbers, I could have, and I would have been happy to do it. I could have gone down there because there were some uh, legislators that wanted to impeach DeWine, and um, uh, and they couldn't get the votes. But if we had, had been able to force them to do it, it was an election year for crying out loud. They sat there and watched this happen, did nothing about it, cried on TV. Oh, everybody's so sad about all the devastation, did nothing about it. We could have said to them, you're going to, uh, you're going to get rid of our little emperor. Um, or, he is um, little. Or, <laughs> our little, and he is little. Yeah, you can hardly see over the top of the lectern. You're going to get rid of our little emperor, or we're going to, or, or we're going to, um, uh, we're, going, we're going to get rid of you. And if Ohio had gone down, the whole rest of the country would have would have gone down too. So, so my whole point in telling that story is we have got to organize. We've got to develop a database of 80 million people. We've got to have the ability at the local level to have so many parents withdraw their kids from school on a single day that the school system is no longer financially viable. We've got to have the ability to march down with pallets of boxes of registered voters and tell. The little, the, the little useless people in our legislature, you're going to do what we say today or you're getting out of here. Next year is an election year. If we're in this situation again next year, shame on us, right? We have to do oh, something yeah. about it so we are not in this situation next year. But that's what American or Make Americans Free Again has been doing. Like you guys actually have infrastructure. You have things in place where people are meeting. Uh, and right. Jenny's here in Arizona where they do, and I've been checking in off the, uh, on the Facebook page, there's multiple locations where people are meeting on Thursdays to you right. know, not, only, not come together just to say, hi, let's be friends. I mean, they're actually coming together We're just working. to create, take action. Yeah, they're doing physical things and strategizing and We're coming working. up with things like who's going to go to this, this board of supervisors meeting? Who's going to, you know, let's, who's, what school districts can we, can we go to next? And then also well, the working biggest, the to support businesses. Right. The business support is the most important thing. And with things opening up, that doesn't really change. In other words, here here in Ohio, uh, the, the little emperor had no choice but to open up. He was facing the legislature doing it. And the other thing he was facing was another day in court with us. He lifted the emergency. And you notice they're all lifting the emergency now because they don't want – that's the way we filed our original case. But all the other cases we're filing go to you know dealing with all this underlying crap anyway. But um, but my my point in all of this is that even opening up, some of the businesses have been so devastated by reduced capacity and all that kind of stuff. They still need our help. We still have got to make it a point um, to those of us who can to spend money uh, in in places. So 
Um, I, I just did that. I went out for lunch for the first time today, maskless. I've never worn a mask since the beginning, but they've loosened up now. You can actually go out to lunch. And so some friends and I had lunch at a restaurant that I know has suffered a lot. And, I'm, you know, under normal circumstances, I would eat here at the office. I own a food service operation, for crying out loud, but we, we have to spread the money around <laughs> to people who need it. <laughs> Yeah, that's me, the thing. I have I have bought more food from other people. I mean, I love our food here, and I don't have to do anything. I can even just like call somebody and they bring it to me from the other side of the building. So, having said that, I probably spent four thousand dollars <laughs> on takeout food in the last six or eight months. <laughs> and it's, I'm I'm happy to do that. By the way, I'm happy to do it. But um, but we all have to make that commitment. Uh, to support our neighbors and to help dig ourselves out of this. The government has no plan for restoring our communities. The government has plans to further destroy our communities, not restore our communities, right? So um, so we have to be the people who are doing the restoring. Yeah, because the government is the one who started destroying them and continues to destroy them. They, they, yeah, they don't have want... no interest in this getting – they no. don't want us to be back to, to normal at all. And this temporary reprieve, we cannot get lulled into a sense of this is over. It's not over. And um, one of our, uh, one of my Thursday group members said uh, last week, he said the two things, the one, the two words we could never say in the near future is uh, is mission accomplished, and the other two words that we must repeat often is never again. And I think he was right about that. Yeah, because there's there's a lot that's just starting to seep in. I mean, we haven't even really we haven't even touched the topics of the vaccine passport yet, where that's starting already in uh, multiple states at different levels, where they're segregating people from in a, even now, like in New York, you go to a baseball game and you have a vaccinated section and an unvaccinated section. Are you kidding well, that's, me? That's fixable. That's fixable. And uh, and some of it, people people get all. Everybody needs to calm down and first of all absorb, watch what's happening and then get involved in helping us. Okay. So the first thing is that the vaccine passport is going to die on the vine for this reason. At least 50% of the states have have legislatively or through executive order said it's not going on. It's not going to happen. All right. So Ron DeSantis did this in Florida. I think they actually did pass a law following up on it. So the cruise ships are floating around in the Caribbean with no place to go because they can't dock because they're (laughs) demanding the vaccine. So they're going to end up having to pick people up in Boston Harbor, which is going to double the price of the cruise. And sooner or later, that's just going to come to an end. All right. Um, if you look at uh, what's going, so so the vaccine passport as a as a ticket for um, for 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 operating a business or whatever, it's going to end up being a very local thing, if at all, if it sticks at all, because with half of the country and more states are all the time saying we're not going to do this, it isn't going to have any panache. I mean, if you can go lots and lots of places without it, you'll just stay away from the places that require it. Um, when you look at what's happening to to businesses, okay, the, the media is in deep trouble. They've lost their audience, but businesses have gotten in trouble buying into all this nonsense too. I thought it was hysterical that uh, Pepsi decided that their business was soft drinks and they're just going to keep making and selling soft drinks. Coke decided that its business was being woke. All right, so they hired a whole staff <laughs> of woke people to promote wokeness. I guess you have to be particularly brand of woke to drink Coke, right? 
Well, yeah, anyway, yeah. Pepsi's, Pepsi's stock went up 9%. Coke's went down 23%. So Coke fired the woke people and said, maybe we'll just be in the soft drink business. So the point that I'm making is that everybody, that, that we've got to stop having hysteria as the reaction to all of this. And we first have to take a really good objective look at what's going on because some of these things are fixing themselves. The other thing is we have to take a really good look at what am I going to do to help solve the problem. And I and I try not to sound like a like a school marm scolding people, but but there are a couple of things that that I I do want to say. One is please stop complying with this nonsense and asking me to fix it for you. All right, because you make it harder. It's like <laughs> I, I mean, there's nothing. You know, there are a lot of things I didn't do during this because I I refuse to comply. All right, and people complying makes it harder for us to do what we're doing. So so stop complying. And if everybody com- stopped complying at the same time, gosh, it would have been over with last year too. And mm-hmm. the other thing is if you're upset about it, then then let's let, join with us. Help us. We're doing something about this. We've demonstrated we're doing something about this. We have been successful at a number of different things. So join us and help, all right? And if we can just get those messages out to everybody, I, I think we can stay calmer and be a lot more effective. And that's the key to this, because there are many moving parts of what is kind of going sideways or what you're hearing, depending on where you're listening. So, and like you see, a perfect example, you know, people say, oh, well, write your, write your congressman, write your state representative. That's, that's not going to really accomplish that much. No, so focus sign on a the petition. Waste the yeah. time. Go ahead. I was going to say, just focus but, on the key low-hanging fruit items where you can make a difference. That's why your legisl- or your your lawsuit that you filed was very specific and strategic to get that TRO rather than making it much more broad, which then you just do, maybe you do 10 of them. But, you know, you have to, there's strategies to all this, to what works. And you'd also said some of these things are just going to fix themselves. Like you're talking about the companies and the products and even the, the cruise lines. So there are things yeah. where you don't have to focus your time and energy on and get all riled up about it. And the good thing about Make Americans Free Again is you've kind of already done the heavy lifting and the homework on where the time and effort needs to be focused. So then you mm-hmm. can get the biggest and most effective impact once you bring all these people together. So that things can, things right. can be done quickly, right? So working right. smart, not hard, because everybody wants, you know, people want to do something. And they keep saying something. I don't want, you know, don't use the word something. We need specifics. But right. a lot, that's, that's what you've been working on for a long time. And that's why I want people to understand this is a very different organization or a group or a movement than what you might be seeing other places because it's targeted as to what can be done for um, well, almost the immediate results, but quick results. Well, if it, 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 quick is not the issue. It's effective, and, and and I think you know I'm I'm a practical person, and I'm also at a stage in my life where, if I'm going to take this on, I mean I have a couple of choices. I had a couple of choices when this started. I certainly have the resources to just leave and go someplace that is not where this isn't going on. There are places in the world to live that have been unaffected by this. Um, so if I'm going to take it on, I want to do something that can work. And um, and also again, just I'm a practical person. So to solve a problem, you have to look at what's been done in the past to try to solve the problem. And if it hasn't worked, don't do it anymore. And I think it's really important to stress that I think that what didn't work before 
it had nothing to do with the good intentions of the people who did this stuff. They were very well-intentioned. And I know people personally who put their life, all of their effort and a lot of their money into trying to solve some of these problems we're talking about. But the bottom line at the end of the day, it didn't work. So what we have to do is not that. And we have to turn around and do what will work. And um, and, and so by default, um, this, this issue of overwhelming them with numbers um, using the legal system because the courts are the last functioning branch of government. And people say, well, but, you know, the judges are corrupt. Not all of the judges are corrupt. And um, there are some interesting cases, I mean, that go beyond, uh, you know, make Americans free again and get into some of the political things that are going on. But, but some very interesting and good uh, decisions have come from judges even in some unlikely places. I mean, if you follow Dr. Shiva's case in, in Massachusetts, the state of Massachusetts is not exactly where you would expect to find a judge who would be on you know, a, a fair judge in mm-hmm. terms of uh, election fraud, but this guy's a superstar in terms of impartiality, good rulings, etc. And so there are bad judges and there are bad courts and there are bad everything, but we don't we don't have to succeed every time. We have to succeed once because getting the discovery, this is what they're fighting. They don't want us to have the documents. Um, there's a very interesting case in Ohio, by the way, that was won by an advocate to get the death data for for um, COVID and all other death uh, uh, statistics for the state of Ohio, and um, they're just refusing to turn it over. Well, there's a, there's only one reason why they'd refuse. It's because they know they're committing fraud and they don't want it to be exposed, right? So, um, but having said that, the court has ruled in favor of the plaintiff who has won the right to access access these records. So there are good judges. We only need a few of them uh, to get our way. And once we get our way, we're on our way to getting our freedom back. Yeah, and then their narrative falls apart and people see the truth about how this political propaganda pandemic uh, was all planned and started and then, you know, still continues. So like you said, you have to, to, uh, to collapse and cripple these institutions and, um, in order to start over. Um, so mm-hmm. what do you want people to do, Dr. Pam Popper? What do you want them to do? Well, I'll put out some things. First of all, my email address is pampopper at msn.com. And um, if you want to sign up, I put out a newsletter that's free on Monday. I put out four videos a week, also free, um, Tuesday through Friday. Uh, I hold a conference call every Thursday to um, train people on how to join our group and become active with us and get started in their area. Um, start a group. Every There should be millions of, we call them Thursday groups, but you can actually meet any time. Uh, there should be millions of these groups and millions of people who are basically united under one principle that we all agree on. We don't want medical tyranny. We want the right to decide what to do with our bodies and, by extension, our minor children, right? That's it. There's nothing to disagree with there. We try to stay away from everything else. So get active with our movement, and the, the, the faster we grow, the sooner this is over because the more resources we have. We're getting ready to sue a lot of uh, retailers and airlines. Mm. I mean, there's no end to the work to be done, and how much money it's going to cost is awesome. But when I was in the direct sales business, I used to tell people, many hands make light work. Lots of members means tiny donations add up to a lot, right? With 80 million yeah. people, if everybody puts in a buck, we can do almost anything we want. So help us grow big. 
Get your name in there. Let us represent you. Um, it's it's very difficult to throw your weight around if you don't have the ability to demonstrate that you represent the right number of people. Uh, but um, I, I made a video. Uh, I've made a couple of videos that got a lot of response. Um, uh, particularly, one was when I talked about don't don't do things that support this whole nonsense. And everybody's saying, "Oh my gosh!" People used to write to me all day long about Costco. Stop going there, right? I've never been in a Costco, for the record. And as far as <laughs> I know, it has not caused any diminishing of my quality of life by never going in the place. And then the second thing is is uh, is is join with us and help us. You know, help us do something about this. And I, and I talked about uh, on another video. What could 80 million people do? Well, 80 million people could threaten to not go to Costco, and that would have made them stop last year. 80 million people could refuse to fly on the airlines till they quit this nonsense, and then it would be over with, right? We wouldn't even have to file a lawsuit. So if we get the right numbers of people, and only you guys can help do it, I don't have any way to magically make this happen, but but if we get the right number of people, there is no limit to what we can do, and we can get control of our government back again. Because 80 million people in this country, that's more than what it takes to elect a president of the United States. We can certainly control local policy politics with 80 million people. Well, and of course, 80 million people did vote for Trump in November. So it's interesting that that number keeps popping up. <laughs> well, it, I, I was using it long before the election because I think it's that critical mass of, of uh, and, and by the way, when I talk about throwing your weight around, I'm, I'm not really a power-hungry person, but I am all for consumer advocacy, and I am all for restoring the rights of the people to be able to say to their elected officials and to anybody else, including national chains and this sort of thing, this is not acceptable. We're not doing this. And there's so many of us that you will have no choice but to cave to our demands. And really, we're not asking for anything all that extraordinary. We're asking that politicians do the will of the people. We are asking that that stores and financial institutions and and uh, people who we give our money to respect our constitutional rights. That's not a tall ask. It's a shame that we have to go through all this to get those rights back. But if we don't go through all this and we give up those rights, it's, it's, I, I don't think we're going to like the world we live in. So we're sort of at an interesting time right now where we're either going to solve this problem or not. And my recommendation is let's get together and solve it because the alternative is kind of ghastly. Yeah, and and it uh, we're we're staring at the alternative if we don't do anything mm-hmm. because their uh, their agenda has been moving along very quickly since January yep. with a, with trillions well, of dollars behind it. So um, yep. you know it's it's time that uh, everybody stops saying I want to do something and physically go to makeamericansfreeagain.com. Is it rights.com? dot com? That's right. That's yeah, right. and start there. Sign up, get the newsletter. Uh, and and get involved. Check out if there's a Thursday group. If not, you can start one. And then the, the information and, and, and the collaboration, you'll t- be able to, to, to get more uh, involvement, especially in all these local levels. And, of course, as we always tell everybody, stop supporting the companies that hate you and hate this country. Right. So don't right. spend your money if you know they don't like you. Don't go... I know it's difficult not to go on like a Facebook platform because they hate you too. So try to wean yourself off of that. That one, you know, that, that one's a little tough for people, but um, you know, all in good time. But yeah, that's just you've got to be more aware and support small business. You know, yes, Amazon might exactly. be a little more convenient, but come on. I mean, you know, it's okay. You can go to the store. You don't have to wear the mask anymore to go in. 
um, and you didn't have to really do that anyway. You didn't have to comply. So, you know, right. everybody got lazy and uh, just said, you know, we, we just put our hands up in the air and said, okay, I'll surrender. I don't know. We did this. No, never again, as you said, never again. Um, is there anything else that you want to share, Doctor? Well, actually, I do want to ask you one question. Um, do you sleep like more than an hour a night? <laughs> Not, I don't sleep very much. I've always been a short sleeper. And uh, by the way, this idea everybody needs seven hours of sleep a night is ridiculous. Some people need more. Some people need less. They're short, medium, and long sleepers. And by the way, it doesn't have anything to do with intellect. Einstein was a long sleeper. Edison was a short sleeper. The benefit of being a short sleeper is that you don't have to sleep much. You have a lot more time. And and isn't it it good for our side that the leader of this movement doesn't need a lot of sleep? (laughs) (laughs) So if this had to fall into somebody's lap, it it fell into mine, right? But um, So, yeah, I I do take care of myself. I, I haven't missed any running or yoga or gym workouts or anything since started and I've been eating well um, it, you know I don't have a lot of time off um, and that's okay there will be a time for that again uh, but um, you know it's interesting how recreational it is to connect with people even if you're talking about this right I've met mm-hmm. so many interesting people so on the one hand you could say oh well we're thinking of having a new state join our organization here so we're going to have a conference call on Tuesday so Pam's working well I guess you could call it working but I find it really interesting to meet people, and uh, I have an awful lot of new friends who I think have uh, the relationships that I've developed with those people are actually much more, there's more depth to them than some of the people who we've disconnected from because we found some of our friends don't think very much, and that's, it's hard to have a relationship with people who don't think, right? Uh, So. So, uh, yeah, this long answer to your question, but not a lot of sleeping, um, but not I, I'm feeling pretty good. I mean, I'm up for five more years of this if this is what it takes. Well, hopefully one last take thing that I'll long. say, read my book. I still think, you know, what I'm finding interesting, and not to, don't, not to toot my horn too much, but I sent my <laughs> book to the publisher last uh, August, all right, to be printed. And um, and in that book, everything they're talking about on Tucker Carlson with the Wuhan lab, the gain of function, what Dr. Fauci did, the whole nine yards, it's all in that book. We wrote this last August, right? And so we really did dig up and tell the truth of how this all happened. And there really isn't anything I wrote last August that has proven to not be true now that we are in May of the following year. And so I think for it's an easy read from the standpoint that I write in a way that um, it's very well referenced, and you can certainly read a lot of science if you choose to delve into the references, but I'm, I'm known for writing things in a way that makes very complex stuff easy for people to understand. So I'll recommend that people read the book. It's still the best way to figure out the whole story, to know the whole story. And to also keep in mind of when you were telling the full story and now all of a sudden the media decides to ha- act like it's just something they found out yesterday. Yeah, breaking the story says a lot. about the gain-of-function research. We were talking yeah. about it last August. We published this book in early September. So Yeah, anyway. I started – I saw one of – I think it was one of your videos – and I started finding out about it in maybe September. It was in September. So when I yeah. see these things on the news, I'm like, uh, that is that's literally, guys, you're like eight months, almost a year behind yeah. what the rest of the world is. And that's when hopefully the light bulb will go on for some people to say, you know what, that's the ones you kind of need to turn off. That's not where you're going to get your information. Um, you know, you gotta you, you got to go to these alternative sources who are much smarter, like Dr. Pam Parker. 
Popper and her organization. And of course, you don't want to forget about the Wellness Forum Health. So it's amazing how many things you have going on. You even own a food services company. I mean, is there, is there any category of something you're not doing? <laughs> if, we're, if it has to do with health, we're doing it. We even own it. We own a school. We teach health professionals how to do what we do, which is informed medical decision making. Uh, we have a yoga oh. studio and a gym. I mean, I, 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 one mile from my home is my office where everything that I need for the rest of my life is here. If I never left the building, it would be fine. <laughs> so. Oh, see, that's, that's, the way to, that's the way to grow a business is to keep adding things that you need for every aspect of your life. So Yeah, and uh, if somebody yeah. else wants to take advantage of it, great, but I'm doing great. You know, it's all good. Yeah. Here, so. Yeah, and we're here to support you. I've added you to our must-follow page. I'm joining up with Jenny. I'm going to have her on the show. I'm going to get very active here in Arizona. I'm going to encourage people to get uh, involved with the organization during every episode. Uh, you know, part of our Take Action crew, we're going to have you as part of our Take Action toolkit here on the uh, Patriotic Purpose Driven Resource Platform. So anything that I could do, and of course, I'm going to be encouraging other groups to start connecting with you too. Because there's, everybody's like-minded and on the same page. There's no reason why everybody's not working together. And that's what I'm trying to do on this platform is stick everybody together. So then everybody well, Thank you. We learn. appreciate it. Yeah, you're, you're very welcome. And then, um, yeah, I just think what you're doing is amazing. I think you are beyond the Energizer Bunny. Such a smart woman. And, um, yeah, one, I'd love to have you back on when you have, you know, <laughs> a little bit of that non-free of time. Of course. Absolutely yeah. happy to do it. Yeah, you are really awesome. You you are definitely one of the most inspiring people that I've had on the show, and I have just been paying attention to since I've had my own little great awakening, which started uh, in November. So um, yeah, it's just uh, it's been awesome having you on here, and I uh, I can't wait to be more active with Make Americans Free Again. So I'm excited. Thank you. Anything else? Are we good to go? I mean, I know I've gotten you much I longer than I was supposed to. Well, no, we're good. You're very thorough, and thank you for giving me this much time. Oh, you're welcome. Anytime. And I'll, well, I'll be in touch. I'm going to do some intros, and um, I'm going to get Jenny on here too. This is, I want this thing to be huge in Arizona, and uh, we can do that. There's a lot of groups here that all need to be a part of it. So we're going to stick together. We're going to work together, everybody. How awesome, Dr. Right. Pam Popper. Thank you. thank you so much for everything you're doing. Uh-huh. Thank you. Bye bye. Oh, what an amazing woman. She really has sure. taken this to. Uh, a whole new level. But, you know, the thing that's amazing that she, like, she keeps saying that she was a practical person. She's talking about using up and having effective results and doing it the smart way and working smarter, not harder. This is an interview that I, I would love for everybody to listen to a couple times because I think it's going to not only inspire you to do something, but it's also going to make you think about what are you going to do? Where are you going to put your time in if you're going to take action in your life and in your community? It kind of gives you an idea on how to rethink on some of it. She actually just kind of spun me around when I brought up the vaccine passport. She's just like, oh, so not necessarily fucking us on that one. Look at this other stuff. I said, ah, it does make sense. And I know we do promote going ahead and, and contacting your congressman or and doing the petitions, which I kind of agree with her that that might not be the best use of her time, which we haven't been promoting that that much because I want you to be effective with your time. You don't have a lot of free time. And if you're going to make a sacrifice to do something different, right, and to get involved and take action, I want to make sure you're using your highest and best use of time. So it's still on the website for anybody. That's what they want to do. It's, the petitions are there and the contact information for the Congress people and all the different 
politicians, right? Politicians, anybody that's elected or um, in, in government at every level, that's always on the take action tab. You'll see that there on the special section for Arizona. And it's there for as a resource if you need it. I mean, and if you want, if that's what you want to do, and or we have a special call out if it's important, it's there as a resource. And maybe that's what some people want to do. But I, I kind of do agree with her. I'd rather people spend their time being a little bit more active. But for the ones that don't and they can't, then that is an option for you. Remember I said, we're going to give you all of the different opportunities to take action, to grow your business, enhance the quality of your life, make a difference, especially in your communities at every effort level. So from moving your finger to just, Clicking something, right? If that's all you want to do, then that's going to be there. To becoming a little bit more active and being a part of any of these must-follow groups, right? Groups, organization, people, companies that are going to be part of our Take Action Toolkit, which we're working on here, putting together with all these different groups and amazing people. So you can have some really specific strategic items that you'll be able to reference quickly. You're going to be become a precinct committee man, which I'm a huge proponent of. I joined a couple months ago. We had our meeting last week, which was, oh my God, awesome, right? That's where I give you all that information from Liz Harris about her canvassing update on an LD23 in, in uh, America, Corruption County, Arizona. We've got about 200 spots left in our, on our legislative district. Apparently this year, we've filled like 800 spots, which is the, the most they've ever had, which is awesome. That means people are doing something. They're getting active. Remember, the concept of the whole precinct committee mount is the infrastructure of the way the system was designed. It's similar to how the founding fathers designed the uh, Constitution, where it actually makes, it makes sense, right? So it's one thing that they put the foundation, the fundamentals in there. And that's what the, the precinct committee man structure is. You can become a precinct committee man in Arizona, or at least in LD23 and in the mayor of Corruption County. It's very easy. The information, go to the Take Action tab, everythinghomeresourceplatform.com. You take action tab. You'll see the page there for become a precinct committee man. If it's in Merritt Corruption County, it's very, very easy. I gave specific information. If it's outside of our county, Corruption County, then there's a couple extra steps. And then there is the information. If it's out of this state, we're going to direct you over to Dan Schultz with the precinct project. It's been on the show multiple times. That way you'll be able to go to his site and then get the information on how it's done. But really, a lot of the times you don't have to get elected depending on what time of the year it is or what year it is. It starts with an email or a phone call to who's in charge of that legislative district, like the chairperson in Arizona here. It's very, very easy. We then are obviously canvassing, knocking on doors, finding out what the constituents need, what their problems are, giving them information. And then when it comes time to vote, we're electing the people that are in the upflow in the system. So that way you can get rid of the people higher up that are more of the, oh, I don't know, elected elite or I know or Republicans with their ideology and uh, motives and agendas. So you can clean them out. You know, like Ron McDaniel and uh, Kevin McCarthy and a majority of the people in elected office in our uh, Congress. I'm not a big fan of most of them. There's a handful besides the notorious MTG that I would kind of give a chance to make their case and give them a little bit of credit. But really, it's just the only one that I have a tremendous amount of respect for that I trust. The rest of them, there's a few that I would, like I said, I let them make their case. Most of them just spineless, worthless, and they're part of the swampy swamp, not looking out for you, not sticking up for you, have no use for you, the American people. The Notorious MTG, Wednesday's episode, episode 213, which I made a special segment. So if you wanted to listen to her portion, you can. And that's on all the listening platforms. The homepage, you'll see it. 
You've been listening to Everything Homes special segment, Stories Needing Sharing, with Michelle Swinnick, the queen of quality content, life, laughter, and the pursuit of happiness. To meet, learn from, and hire the experts and the guests, professionals, and members of the Everything Homes Socially Conscious Referral Network and Marketplace, Visit everythinghometalkshow.com slash episodes. And to listen, subscribe, rate, review, like, follow, comment, and share, go to www.everythinghometalkshow.com and find us on all the major listening platforms. Thanks for listening. We hope you were entertained, and we hope that you picked up some real-life, tangible takeaways from some good people doing good business and good things. Till next time, this is Everything Home, signing off.